coming to you live from Gangland, Los Angeles. It's the Ten Point Podcast. My name is Bruce, and I don't curse. Don't trust a man who doesn't curse. Not a fuck or a shit in all these episodes. Speaking of which, <laughs> with me this week during this episode, his name is Mud, or at least it will be when his wife oh. finds out he's still doing this. It's Chris. It's going to be like that after I've wrapped the laptop against the wall the way it's carrying on. <laughs> Chris, is, Chris is present. Uh, he may not look like he is present. I'm not sure how it's going to display on the video, but uh, podcast-wise... <laughs> Chris is uh, barely here, but he is here. And secondly, on the show this week, he's not a vigilante. He's just trying to get home, and if everyone stays out of his way, then nobody will get hurt. It's Andy. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's pretty much how I live my life. <laughs> that's a you on a daily basis. <laughs> uh, get the fuck out of my course, way. <laughs> why am I calling you by your first names? I walk in here a total stranger. I'm calling you Rick and Sheila like we're in some sort of AA meeting. Uh, except it's the 10 Point Podcast meeting. You can find all your 10 Point Podcast called podcast if i can use my mouth goodness <laughs> at tenpointpodcast.com that is our website everything related to the tenpoint podcast is on that website you can contact us on twitter and on facebook we're tenpoint podcast over there as well and you can also email us at the website we're on youtube tenpoint podcast there and we're a podcast therefore you can find us anywhere the podcasts happen type in tenpoint podcast over there podcast addict was popular recently yeah so people listen to us on podcast addict uh, we've been crunching some numbers and working it where everybody is listening to us from and how. So what have you been watching us in the last week? Uh, I'll let Chris maybe calm down a little bit unless he wants to funnel <laughs> his energy into telling me. And Andy said he'd watched loads, so Andy, why don't you lead off and tell us what you've seen in the last week? All right, so I watched the, the shit show that was the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, right, oh, I've heard nothing but bad about it, yeah. All right, so like, I'm not a massive Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan anyway, I just like watched it, and then this is meant to be a direct sequel to the first one. Right. Uh, and it kind of is. Like, I know the story of the first one. I enjoyed it because yeah. it's basically, it's, it's a, I would say it's a spoof of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And it kills basically a bunch of hipsters and people I hate. Ah, so of course. Yeah. I very much enjoyed it. It is not in any way, shape or form scary. Uh, and the gore is over the top to such a degree that I don't think the physics would add up. But still, okay. <laughs> it's kind of one of them films you have to watch. It's a train wreck. But if you go into it knowing it's a train wreck, don't go into it going, oh my God, this is a sequel I've been waiting for for 40 years or whatever. Because you'll be disappointed. It's like watching scary movies instead of watching Scream. Is it kind yeah. of like that? Oh yeah, I was, I was very much watching this going, like there was one bit I jumped, but that's just because it was loud noises, but there was no way I'm like, oh my God. It's like, you know, every single step of the way this film, it's like, he's there. He's going to get that. <laughs> you know, you, you can predict it. It's so predictable, but I just quite enjoyed watching it. But the ending, like, the ending seems to be getting everybody, and yeah, it is over the top. Like, it's, right. it's worth a watch. It's one of them ones you're going to have to watch because you're not getting any more because this film tanked something rotten. Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. Been, as, as popular as some things get reviewed, uh, it's been a while since seen something be as kind of publicised yeah. and been as absolutely panned as I've seen this movie being. Oh, uh, anything else for you then, Andy? Uh, there was something else, but I got too engrossed in this one. <laughs> yeah, come back to me. I'll think. Come back to you, uh, Chris. How about you then? What have you watched in the last week? Uh, I watched uh, Captain America: uh, Winter Soldier last night. It was on the uh, BBC. I watched the um, first Avenger this week just randomly because <laughs> I was bored. I put that on. So that's the two Captain Americas we've watched this week. <laughs> and um, what else did I watch? The Con versus um, Godzilla. Because ah, okay. I, I watched uh, King of the Monsters other, the other week. We're not similar. Half you watching the same sort of things. How do you find Godzilla vs. Kong Kong vs. Godzilla then? I like it. I think it's good. I just. The Mecha Godzilla was a bit shit. Yeah, I, again, I've only ever seen it the one. I remember it, it was a big hype one when it came out. I think it was it was prime pandemic, wasn't it? Godzilla Kong? Yes. Prime I think pandemic. So. So. Uh, I'm a massive Godzilla guy, so I was yeah. I very much liked how Godzilla was quite clearly better than Kong for the entire film. Like yeah. he, is, he is the fair winner when the fight is fair. But I remember there being like really good bits, really good stuff about it. But then, what is the whole Hollow Earth thing all about, and why are we doing? Like, it seemed to be half the film was like, what is this even for? And another half was like, oh, it's just big monsters fighting each other. It seemed yeah. like it had it was just split. I didn't really level. notice that they talked about Hollow Earth in King of the Monsters. They kind yeah. of mentioned yeah. it briefly. Yeah. And then I never like put two and two together until I watched them back to back 
like the last couple of weeks, and I was like, ah, right, okay, makes sense there. <laughs> Because of course Godzilla in King of the Monsters kind of has his little sleepy nap down like, yeah. in, a, in a shallow bit yeah. of the hollow earth, <laughs> I guess you'd call it. Uh, anything else for you then, Chris? Uh, no, that was it. Oh no, uh, Clifford the, red, the Big Red Dog, the girls wanted to watch that. There's <laughs> uh, <shit. laughs> oh, an idea for a movie, Godzilla versus Kong versus Clifford. I don't know if he's big enough, is he? I'm sure, because it made Kong bigger to fight Godzilla, so maybe they could make him bigger. So, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so some thumbs up on that. Oh, no, I give shit. <laughs> <laughs> a big it made back. no sense. Um, they had, was it Jack Whitehall doing an American accent, despite the fact his sister in the film was British? <laughs> it made no fucking sense whatsoever. Yeah. Amazing. Some bizarre bizarre casting decisions. Uh, as far yeah. as I'm going, uh, bits and bobs are TV things, nothing that I really want to go too deep into. Andy and I were discussing before Chris finally made it on that Pam and Tommy's not maybe as good as everyone thought it might be, no, no. so I've kind of slowed on my viewing of that. Captain America First Avenger is literally the only film I've watched in the last <laughs> week. And I, I always liked Captain America films, I always liked the other ones kind of better than the first one, but watching the first one again in isolation, I think it's really, really good. I'm fully in the camp of it's better than Wonder Woman. Everyone seems like, oh, Wonder Woman's yeah, one yes. of these great movies and all that. It's basically the same film, uh, army, war, this person's super-powered, but this youth viewing of it, I just noticed how great everybody is in Captain America First America. Someone like Tommy Lee Jones is in the MCU, only in Captain America the First Avenger, is about sixth from the top in the cast. And it's incredible in, in the film, as the character <laughs> has to go. And it's like, just the casting in that film is, is exceptional for these, like, there's only really like 10 people who really have a character in it. Everybody else yeah. is you know, soldiers and all that. But yeah, tremendous, really, really good. I, I very much enjoyed it, but that's hardly news to anybody. And yeah, I have nothing else to brag about watching in the last week. I remember the other so, film I watched. Ah, yes, okay. It was Ice Age, The Adventures of Buckwild. <laughs> is that a spin-off? Or is it like it's a, sp- it's a spin-off with Simon Pegg's character and it is shite. Because <laughs> the only person they got back was Simon Pegg to play Buckwild again. He was in the last uh, Ice Age film, whereas everybody else is actually in it more than I thought, like Manny and all the other ones. It's said to sloth, but none of them are voiced by the right actors. They're all right, okay. dubbed over, <laughs> uh, which they're actually not bad. Like if if I hadn't read the things, I would have not known. But uh, okay. knowing it annoyed me, and yeah, <laughs> it, it was shit. Pointless film. Not a big week, but I, I feel like I don't know, there's probably some good films and stuff coming out soon that we'll get all excited about, I'm sure. I don't know. I'm not sure. But yeah, not a good period for films at the moment. On to the reason for the podcast this week. Um, what is the point is point number one. The point is, the 1993 action crime drama thriller Falling Down. Brought to us by Warner Brothers. Uh, it brought us films that we've done before, including the Best Film Pointy Award winner, The Prestige. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow, The Goonies, Batman Returns, and Little Shop of Horrors, but also a whole bunch of different studios here. So, uh, Canal Plus or Studio Canal Plus, which never done, but they make like Taken and Paddington and all that. Regency Enterprise that we have done before, who made Gone Girl, and then Alcor Films, who haven't we haven't done before, haven't done an awful lot, but they've done Free Willy, Under Siege, and Natural Born Killers, which is like three random different films <laughs> for the one production company to me, and then a whole bunch of kind of other ones that aren't that famous. So, a right mixture of uh, companies behind this one here. Falling Down, written by Eb Rowe Smith, who is in the film. He plays Guy on Freeway, so I think he's the guy who helps them push the car out of the way in the first place, I think. Uh, he wrote it. It's the first thing he ever wrote that was produced. He then wrote a TV movie that was about half an hour long, and then wrote Car 54, Where Are You? Uh, a kind of resurgence of an old TV show that they made in 1994, the year after this came out, and that's it. That's the only things he ever wrote. He's more famous for being an actor. And when I say more famous for being an actor, this is one of his most famous roles that he plays guy. <laughs> uh, so, Ebro Smith, this is very much the peak of his career, and may actually just be his career, might be falling down. The film, directed by a more famous name, Joel Schumacher, a big name in movies. He put nipples uh, on the back suit. He did. We've never covered him as as we've far done one of his movies before, but he's famous for St. Elmo's Fire and The Lost Boys before making Falling Down. And then, as Andy says, he made Batman Forever and Batman and Robin after this. And then other famous films he made after that were 8mm, Phone Booth, and then the 2004 version of The Phantom of the Opera. So Joel Schumacher, uh, a big-time director, directing for us this week. 
Falling Down Stars. I picked up the two main stars. They both came before the title card came up. Michael Douglas, famous for Romancing, Romancing the Stone, Fatal Attraction, Wall Street, and Basic Instinct. He decided after that hot run of Fatal Attraction, Wall Street, Basic Instinct, and a few other things that he was going to step away from acting. And then the script for Falling Down came across his desk, and he was like, this is the best script I've ever read. I have to make this film. And he went about getting production companies to help make the film. Uh, so this film exists because Michael Douglas liked it. He then went on to make The American President, The Game, Traffic, and then Ant-Man and other MCU properties beyond that. Co-starring with Michael Douglas, Robert Duvall. Uh, kind of first broke through in westerns and detective shows in the 60s. Uh, and then he's in a couple of films you might have heard of called The Godfather and Apocalypse Now, which pretty much decided that he had a career after that. And then after that, The Natural, Days of Thunder, then he was in Falling Down, and then big time movies after that, Deep Impact and A Shot at Glory. That we always mention whenever we can Hi. on the podcast. Sean's in my film. Sean's in my film. I'm blurred. I think I need the 4K version to see me, but Sean, there's days in that film. Oh, Sean's yeah. That film. And we've definitely, we've definitely discussed the shot of Glory before, and I've just realised that has to go on my list. And at some point, I'm going to find that film and we're going to do it. But not yet. Uh, falling down on a budget of $25 million in 1992, I guess it was when they made it. Opened first weekend, $9 million. Final US gross, $41 million. Final worldwide gross, $96 million. So it essentially quadrupled its budget in cinemas around the world. Released 26th of February, 1993. So we're very, very, very close to the actual 20th anniversary, or the 19th anniversary, uh, I guess it would be. Is that right? My mass right? No, 30th anniversary. Um, almost the day it came out. 26th February means that it was slap bang in the middle of the 93 award season when it came out. However, it only ever got three nominations in its history. Two are of no consequence whatsoever. So the biggest one being it was nominated for the Palme d'Or at the 1993 Cannes Film Festival. Essentially the big award at the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, it did not win, though. Uh, the winner was a tie between The Piano and a Chinese-slash-Hong Kong movie called Farewell, My Concubine. They were the joint winners <laughs> of the Palme d'Or that year. So not much credit around for Falling Down. Not many people liked it. The synopsis for Falling Down, and here is a classic, Claudio from Rio de Janeiro, yeah, Brazil. Yeah, boy, he's a back. Long time since Claudio has contributed here. So uh, normally I've never read this, but I, I took his synopsis that he prepared for us, especially, uh, and he had put down, anytime a character is mentioned, he put who played them in the cast next to it. So I've chopped three quarters of the people out because they're not, not that important. So I've left a couple in. So Can I say, if, if, if we ever do a live show, like Arena Tour, when we take this podcast like proper international, we need to get all of our contributors to come and read the synopsis of films we do in the live studio <laughs> yeah. tours. So Claudio oh, is going to be in this bad boy. Yeah, Claudio. Another one we had a few times. But yeah, these are the two. Anyway, Claudio says about falling down. On the day of his daughter's birthday, daughter's birthday, William Defense Foster, played by Michael Douglas, is trying to get his estranged to his estranged wife's house to see his daughter. He has a breakdown and leaves his car in a traffic jam in Los Angeles and decides to walk. Along the way, he stops at a convenience store and tries to get some change for a phone call, but the owner, Mr. Lee, does not give him change. This destabilizes William, who then breaks apart the shop with a baseball bat and goes goes to an isolated place to drink a coke. Two gangsters threaten him, and he reacts by hitting them with the bat. Defends continues walking and stops at a phone booth. The gangsters hunt him down with their gang and shoot at him, but crash their car. William goes nuts and takes their gym bag with weapons, proceeding in his journey of rage against injustice. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sergeant Martin Pendergrass... His name's Martin, there's no... I've been looking at the first time I've seen him. It's not mentioned in the film, I think. And it's not in any cast list. Oh, right, so Mr... Sergeant Martin Prendergast, played by Robert Duvall, who's working on his last day before retirement, is following the wave of crimes and believes that the same man is responsible, but the other detectives do not pay attention to him. And that's where he leaves it. I don't know why I tell him literally everything happens. Fucking hell! Gives up. Stops there. Yeah. I reckon <laughs> somebody rang his doorbell. He's like, shit, post it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> There we go. That's essentially what happens in the first half of Falling Down. Who picked the random wheel of randomness, movie roulette, whatever we want to call it, picked? Do we know who put it on the wheel? Because sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. 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 Um, It had had tempted me to put on a list at some point, but I hadn't done it. Because I had not seen it before, and I was intrigued by it, and 
the kind of the imagery of it from my youth kind of stuck with me, and I never actually yeah. got into seeing. Uh, had any of you guys seen it before? I had not seen this I film. Had. Have you not? No, I've genuinely never seen this film. That's like the second one in this podcast. It did come out after Die Hard, so that has been rectified. So you still have seen every film since Die Hard because you have now watched it, obviously. (laughs) Um, What channel will we see it on? This is a tough one because none of us have seen it. Well, I'd seen it. I've completely misremembered it, though. I thought his family being taken hostage and he was being made to confront random people. Are you sure you've seen this not another film, Chris? (laughs) <laughs> well, I, no, because I remember the whammy burger scene and I remember him and his briefcase. Yeah. There you go. So, it checks, checks out. It does. <laughs> Can be a whammy burger. Um, so, yeah, my, my best stab is maybe a Channel 4 or Channel uh, 5. I, I was going to say Channel 5. Yeah, channel I, mean, I feel like it's BBC for some reason. Could be. Oh, no, no way BBC will put this shit on. This is way <laughs> too. Know, this is random stuff. No, this is way too. Like, BC. BBC have got to be balanced. They're not balanced. Yeah, it's a very controversial, so they don't put this on. Uh, and there is only one version, so we have all watched the, the same version. I would hope, unless Chris has got one where he saves his family from, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on to point two, then. High points. What we thought the best things and bits were of the film. and um, None of us picked. So I'll just lead off with the start. The opening car scene yeah. in the car uh, is really good. and It's a really good job of building the tension of him snapping. I thought he was going to snap. Yeah. But he doesn't. He just gets up and he's like, I'm going home. But, uh, I, again, it's your blood boiling as well. You're just sitting there yeah. and everything pans into things that you hate as well. I mean, <laughs> boils like, your own piss. I mean, like, that's literally how I drive all the time. Like, as soon as I stop for more than five seconds on the motorway, that's exactly how I feel instantaneously. <laughs> um, the thing is, obviously, I watched uh, Unhinged, like, before this film, which is obviously the. And yeah, it gave me the same vibes. I was like, "Oh, this could be like an early unhinged." It's like this is this is it. I love a maniac. So straight away, I was already in the. I knew Russell Crowe was going to turn up and kill some people. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like Chris says, it's filled with little, but it's like little irritants. It's like, oh, that would annoy yeah. me. Oh, that would annoy me, but not enough to go on a, a rampage. So it doesn't quite go yet. I don't know. Uh, what, <laughs> I, I don't know if any. I don't know if you guys did any trivia research, but I did bits and pieces. So. Something that's important about the film, I'll, I'll get into it, but this scene was especially kind of smoggy. LA's famous for smog and all that kind of thick yeah. air. It was especially smoggy on this day because the fires from the, the famous LA riots from 1992 were still burning. This was filmed <laughs> during the LA riots, which meant that it, they had to stop production because essentially half the city is like rioting against like police brutality and racism and all that sort of stuff, which then makes the film even more, I don't know, important because uh, they start making they start making production again and they're going into all these gangland areas as they call it and he's like racially abusing a Korean guy in his shop, there's like <laughs> Mexican gangbangers that he's like fighting with and all that and it's like so it's a very kind of high racial tension in the film as actual high racial tensions happening literally around about them when they're filming and all that. So, yes, I think that might have added to a lot of the controversy uh, in in the filming, or in the in the making of the film. Uh, anyone else got any other high points? Early high points? It's not really a high point, but I feel like I could feel the heat wave mm. through the screen. I know I just, like, you could tell, like, everybody's all sweating, or, like, you could tell, like, it's really hot, and I was just, like, I could just feel the heat wave as I was watching it. It, yeah, it it really does a good job of putting you in in his yeah. not in his role necessarily, but where he is. That you can't, I don't know, the ambiance of every single scene mm. is really well, really well made. What about you, Andy? Any early high points? The convenience store. That's where it starts picking up for me because <laughs> I was all over that shit. Here um, <laughs> to expand on that. <laughs> <laughs> I just get annoyed by people like just cunts that rip people off. That's pretty much where I'm at. Is straight away. You know, was he especially ripping them off? Like, I couldn't work out if it was. I think he was, and it's like uh, actually for you, it's eighty-five. I think or... he was, and that's that's the vibe I took of it. So I was, I was fully on board. Like, actually, you've got every right to be a complete and utter twat here, because <laughs> as soon as I seen this scene, I was like, I was remembering our local convenience store person who decided to inflate total prices back in the day when COVID first kicked in. Oh, yeah. I was just like. This is making me angry. I'm I'm having like I was I was, <laughs> I was on Michael Douglas's side here. I was like, hey. I'm going to kill some people now. 
So I was, so I was like, okay, like the first scene happens, everything's a little irritant, and I'm like, okay, yes, that would be yeah. annoying. And then he just runs off, and I'm like, ah, fair enough. The, the, the cars aren't going anywhere anyway. People can go around about you. Like, it's a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a stupid thing to do, a bit of a pain in the arse for other people. Then he goes to the shop, and I'm like, okay, right, and this is going to be annoying, and oh, yeah, that's a lot. And I, I did some research, apparently, that's like even 50 cents would have been expensive. Like, what I could find out was a hard thing to Google. I thought it'd be easy. How much was a can of Coke in the yeah. 90s? <laughs> so much. The internet is too much information. I could find out. But I think 50 cents is probably still steep, but roughly there. But then it just started racially abusing the guy in the yeah. shop for no reason. I'm like, hold on a minute here. <laughs> okay. well, yeah, I, don't think, I don't think you're the protagonist anymore. <laughs> to be fair, I was, I was with Mr. Lee because like, I was thinking... What Berlin goes into the fridge and starts cooling his face to him with a oh, can? No. I was like, I was like, you're paying for that, you bitch. It's yeah, like exactly, fucking yeah. hell. Don't you dare. So I kind of, I kind half understood he's overcharging, but yeah, he took it too far. Because I even I thought that that's double the price back in 1993. What annoyed me is first is why he just didn't give him two set like two fifty cents or whatever it was, and just be done with it. Intentionally, the film he had the till drawer open as well, and it's like everybody who's watching is like the drawer is open. Like yeah. all he has to do is just swap it over to give him whatever it is. I guess it's a quarter for the phone machine. I guess it would be so. Um, and he intentionally, no, you can't have any. Then shuts it, and it's like, oh, okay. And then like the whole scene flips when he's like, yeah, what are you saying? What are you saying to me? And then, then he, like, I didn't, I didn't hear it before. I didn't know what he said. So he repeated himself. Ah, I can hear what he's saying. And he's like, oh, don't you know what we've done for your country and all that sort of stuff? And I'm like, oh, geez, okay, right, you're one of these guys. Um, yeah. Uh, so my that's what I kind of turned against him is when he starts um, and they start fighting over the baseball bat and he just starts he knocks everything off and then he just goes like you know what I'm just going to destroy the shit out of your yeah, shop yeah exactly for no what, reason what would have been a quarter initially like, is, I guess it cost him 50 cents I suppose to uh, 50 cents to, to buy the can but yeah over such a small amount of money uh, so my next high point uh, first of all I'll go past he then gets, makes his phone call doesn't say anything again, so that was a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. But immediately when he's on the phone, you just see these two like it's like stereotypical gang members in the distance, and you're like, oh, God, like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know what's going to happen here. I was like, it goes on to the next scene. Uh, and I, I don't, I haven't got the fight as a high point with the, the two gang guys fighting over his briefcase that we eventually find out is empty. All he's got is his, his lunch. But I have got the worst drive-by ever is my oh, next high. That was the most amazing, like, I don't know. They killed, like, four or five people, I reckon. Nah, it wasn't. He didn't, it wasn't, even, he didn't even flinch, though. He just stood there and just, like, let the bullets... Yeah. I don't know if it's going to hit me, it's going to hit me. We've already mentioned him once in the podcast, but it's exactly, if you're playing Call of Duty with Sean, that's how he shoots people. <laughs> <laughs> he will miss the target and shoot everything around but the targets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he panics. Yeah. I reckon they panicked. They were just like, fuck! Definitely panicked. Cause, like, first of all, like they don't look like they're prepared, and then this was like a bad idea, and obviously the girl, I can't remember what her name was, she used to tell them not to do it anyway. And it goes horrendously badly. And they don't shoot them at all, like you say. But for them to then just go essentially suicide themselves <laughs> in a parked car around the corner. It's like, why? Like, how was the guy who was driving? Why didn't he just, like, what's stopping him driving normally to kill himself and two others? Because obviously one of them survived crawling out on the road. But yeah, a stupendously badly executed drive-by has to be a high point. So I'll tell you what, his... Uh... His lesson on shooting, though, because he took one shot, he went, oh, I'm quite bad at aiming this. And yeah. he used to, like, went, bang, that's rattling in the leg. <laughs> that's how but, you do it. I'll tell you what, right, I'm going to put this as a high point. It's not normally one of my normal high points here. However, I've decided, after doing so many of these films, especially the older ones, films were racist back in the day. Well, yeah. Right, because, like, talking about that woman, like, obviously... We're three white males, so we don't really see it. She was like, it was a white dude. And then they're like, no, no, it definitely wasn't. Tell us the truth. And it's like, she's telling them the truth. And it's like, the more that we are doing these films, I just realized that, holy shit, we lived in a, a, I don't know, a caged world. We had our own little bubble. Couldn't actually see anything. But yeah, all these racism things are coming out now. Why did none of us see this back in the day? I know. It's it's even because when they get her back in again, I think her mum's with her. Yeah, and she's like, she told you it was a, a she, said, she told you it was a black guy, or she told you it was a Mexican guy, and he's like, no, 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 I want the truth now. Like, it's, yeah. it's so weird that like, essentially they told they got her to give them the answer that they wanted, so that they could then. Oh, that actually reminds me, I've actually got some real life 
thing that happened with this, and I'm like one of ten people in the world. Now, I'm not weird about this, but I was just sitting bored one night, and a tweet came up that someone had stolen a car in LA, in California anyway, and there was like one of the police chases on, and it was happening live. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, but the, 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 what teased me in was it was a party bus that the person had stolen. <laughs> and I went, okay, I'll watch. So I clicked on it. I found the link and all that. So I ended up watching it. Probably I saw about the 10, but this was the last 10 minutes of the car chase is what I saw. But not long after I started watching it, the news people, because you could just hear the people in the studio talking. And they're like, oh, we're hearing now, yes, we're hearing now, we've identified that it is... It is a Hispanic male that has stolen it. Uh, we don't know if anyone's in the back. All we know is it's Hispanic, blah, 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 blah. So the chase is going on. This thing's going to be 80 mile an hour, not quick at all. And eventually it comes off the freeway. It's on like a normal road. And I, I can't remember what happened, but essentially it just rear ends this car. This car goes flying up the road. No one gets seriously injured. It comes to a halt. And the police are all there pointing their guns at it. And then the driver finally gets out, hands up in the air. And it's a ginger white woman. <laughs> Amazing. Like, Where's what's with the Hispanic guy? Like, how have you identified this person and it being the opposite? Like, there's a Hispanic guy and a ginger white woman, and it's like, like there you go. That immediately, American still oh, nowadays no. they'll they'll jump at the chance to say, oh, it's a Hispanic guy that's driving. Yeah. No, no, it's just a white woman. But yeah, to summarise, I've yeah. been a high point is these films are opening up racism in the early doors. We should have stopped this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like this film is obviously it's about racism as well. Like this film, as I meant to do it on a second rewatch, was track everything that this film moans about. Like it feels like it's Andy's trigger warning in a film here. Oh, but... 100%. <laughs> this is the problem. You shouldn't do that. Like both good and bad. Like complaining, oh, these people coming over and not learning the language is one thing, and then it's like racism is another thing. And there's so many different like bees in its bonnet. This film that's getting off its chest. Uh, any other high points? So I can stop ranting about this or so. Uh, my next one is the the homeless guy trying his shtick. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, like, thing he said to Bill, if he just had a comeback, like, yeah. oh, so you drove all this way with your driver's license? Oh, uh, I don't have it. Oh, so you drove all this way illegally without a driver's license? Uh, 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 like, no, um, <laughs> and then everything it, after that. It's really what this perfect. film does well because. You go off of him big time, but then you bring him back. It's like actually, he's got a fucking yeah. point. Homeless people, nine times out of ten, are cunts, and he's called them on it. Like yeah. I get it, I get it. There's homeless people out there that need it, but the problem is these kind of twats make you don't want to like give anybody money. And like I really, I, I felt for the character again. It's like, oh, I'm I'm on your side again. I am following you. Yeah, I wish I was as quick as he was because like I'd be like, <laughs> uh, oh, here go take the money, and I was sitting there going. I see. I was like, "I should have said this." Because I've <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> only done that. It's I still like, think, as a general rule, if someone comes up to you telling you a story about why you need to give them money for the bus, it's like it's not for the bus. If someone needed yeah. money for the bus, they would just go get money somewhere else. It's like it's always people who are going to spend it on something else. They come up and ask a stranger pay for my bus for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was my next high point. What about you, Andy? Any any other high points? Food. Whammy burger. Whammy burger. It has low points. I don't know if I'll put it in here, but as a thing, whammy burger is definitely high point. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, like, same way as in Jane Silent Bob when they went to movies. Instantly, yes. I was in love with the franchise. I was like, actually, yes. And the same in like uh, coming to America, McDowell's. Straight away, when they walk into a place and straight away, whammy burger. I felt like it was a real thing and I was there. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. a high point right there. If you can make a fast food chain just appeal to me straight away, I'm all in. I love the way they shoehorned whammy into absolutely everything <laughs> that they sold as well. It's like the whammy chicken and the whammy yeah. burger and the whammy everything had whammy in it. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all for a, a fake franchise just appearing and just drawing me straight in. The um, it's written down kind of as a goof in the trivia is that the uh, Sheila behind the counter, she essentially kind of got the giggles. When she oh, she looks like she's always with the last. I thought I took it at, on the watching of her just being this, like cool and calm, not giving a damn character. As in, like, yeah, I don't think he's going to shoot me. It's not my money. It's not yeah. my burger. I just work here. And then, as soon as the attention goes to the dude, who's what was his name again, Rick. As soon as attention goes to Rick, she seems to enjoy that Rick's getting all the attention. Yeah. Uh, she was just on the wind up of him, but apparently see, the actress. Yeah, was laughing. Literally, I would have. I was going to put that in my low point. Is she just looked like she was about to piss herself laughing at any stage? Yep. Yeah. 
Uh, I quite enjoyed that. I, 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 anyway. I was going to say, I thought it was just brilliant how he's just like, I want breakfast. Now you're four minutes late, you can't get breakfast. And then he loses his shit. And he's like, I, I don't want breakfast now, I want lunch. Like, I've ge- I have generally been into the, the other well known franchise that does breakfast. Begins with a Mick and ends in Donald's. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> I <have laughs> so I have generally been in the drive thru where, like, watching it and they, they come out and it's like, I think it's 11 o'clock now and they, they literally just turn the sign and they manually push the sign around. And I was like, I wonder what they do because the queue's going slow and it's like, I'm in the drive thru. It's like, I planned it so I was going to be a couple of minutes afterwards anyway. So I was like, I'm wanting I'm lunch anyway, so I'm, I'm fine. But ah, yeah, right. and genuinely, as soon as they turned that around, there was two cars, and the guy, like, I pulled up to the, the voice thing, uh, the ordering thing, and the guy was trying to order breakfast, like, oh no, it's past that. And it's like, the guy was genuinely in the queue before they turned that sign, and it was it was amazing. And I was just, I had a flashback to that moment when they did this in this film, I was like, <laughs> it genuinely is, because there has to be a cutoff point. And 11 o'clock, the, boom. Uh... That's it. I've got it in my low points. Is that he was late for breakfast? Like, yeah. There are, there are other things in this film where he's unlucky, or it's like oh, that's not his fault, or that other yeah. person is in the wrong. In this situation, he was late for breakfast, and he's actually late. He looks at his watch. It's after half past. So they may not have any whammy breakfast baps left, whatever it is they call them. So they won't start making it. So he was in the wrong there. And the other thing that was a low point from the scene. The guy says, have you ever heard the expression, the customer is always right? Oh. I have, and it is just an expression. It is not <laughs> a true thing. It is an expression. It is not an actual real-life thing. It's not a rule. It's not a law. Uh, and I hate people quote, the customer is always right, because the customer isn't always right. The customer is quite regularly wrong and really yes. irritating. <laughs> yep. Uh, I also completely agree that he deserves to lose his shit over the fact that his burger was like, an inch thick, despite yes. the fact his picture was three inches thick. That, that annoys me. me that. And that, once again, that's what woke me back to him. I was like, actually, he's right in this one. Because <laughs> they never looked like the fucking picture. And yeah, you get it from that well-known brand that begins with Mick and ends in Donald's. And they don't yeah. look anything like a big, a big yeah. Mick Donald's. <laughs> they don't look anything like that. I don't think you can the identity of this takeaway restaurant too well. <laughs> For whatever reason, I don't know why. <laughs> I just can't crack this code that Andy's got going here. Uh, I've got a special shout-out, by the way, to the old guy who tried to ditch his wife and leave. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he was out of there. That would have 100% been me. As soon as he saw that guy, he was just out that door. (laughs) Funny. Um, Right then, it's been going well. So, Andy, Andy, Chris, what's your next high point? Because you keep guessing mine every time, so it saves me doing it. Um, I've not got a lot of high points up until he actually gets... To the street that the house is on, and he's I'll, say, I'll go mine in it, since we'll, we'll skip it. The army surplus store is actually a really mm. good bit of the film. Yeah. While it's a hard watch, like Andy's saying we were racist back then. Oh yeah. The number of N words and the other f bombs the guy in the store drops is, is quite harsh on the ear. As soon as you saw him, I knew exactly that he was that kind of person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the stereotypical guy who runs that kind of store is like, yep. well, he's he's definitely going to be a closeted Nazi, and yes, of course he is. Um, <laughs> it's a really good scene, but like, it's obviously it's not fun and all that. But yeah, I, I very much liked what they did because that guy was never painted out to be a good guy. Like he, at this point, you, I certainly, I'm having serious worries about Bill about like, okay. He yeah. is not the hero of the story here. Then he finds a guy who's like even eviler who then helps him <laughs> out. And I'm like, okay, this is, that, that would happen. And then you get the scene in the back of the store which turns everything up even higher and all that. And I'm like, okay, right. Th- th- okay. We've now found the bottom, but Bill is not at the bottom. Uh, and yes, I thought... I, I thought I, I, again, I've got to agree with Bill saying you're allowed to disagree with people without it causing a big argument. Exactly, yeah. You can't have different opinions, especially when the other person is a Nazi. You can see how people want to be a Nazi. But yeah, it is a, a well made bit of a film, while not. I wouldn't say, yes, I, oh, I love the crazy Nazi guy abusing homosexuals, but uh, yes, it was a good bit of the film. Uh, and I'm on to the finale as well, so Chris, Chris why don't you carry on with it? With your oh, own. yeah, like when he's on the phone to her and you're saying, oh, have you seen what they've done to this place? And she's the, re- the realization that he's like, shit, he's right down the street. And like he puts, she puts the phone down, and he's like, "Why'd you do that?" Oh shit, she knows. And then the chase is on, and you're like, "Oh, what's going to happen?" He gets on. Yeah, they did really well 
to like again these sort of situations the the victims as it were make a really bad job of getting away but they get they get away really yeah. like they go out the back door he goes in the front door they run away running to the pier was a terrible idea yeah However, <laughs> they didn't know he was going to fall there like it would he had the whole rest of la to go to so it was like either they go to the one place that's not <laughs> like Venice Beach or whatever it is, uh, and and catch them. So it was a gamble and they didn't pay off. So I don't think it was necessarily a bad plan. Uh, but the actual finale on the pier is my last high point, where yeah. he comes literally to the conclusion, "I'm the bad guy." Which yeah. is a great great bit in a film. I I, I do enjoy that. The the guy who was essentially the star of movies. He's the name yeah. above like Michael Douglas. You have concerns the whole way through. It gets worse and worse, and yet, and he turns out to be the bad guy at the end. Like a hundred percent, I thought the cop was dead. They build that up. It was his last day. His wife's a bit of a nutter, but he's going to go and have like live the less. He's he's dead all the way through. I thought, yeah. oh fucking hell, he's dead. So I like the fact yeah. that he didn't die. Yeah. Well, before we go on to the low points, then my first low point, because I do it as I watch the film, uh oh, last day as a cop is my first low point. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter anymore, he survived, but had yeah. he died, it, it would have really counted. But yeah, you're, you're right. totally right. I just love the bit of the film, like, to the whole film, you like it's been mentioned, there's still like the high points. You're kind of on Bill's side until you see the home video of him being a complete nutter and shouting at his wife and his kid, and you're like, oh, okay, maybe, okay, there is something wrong with him. Yeah. There's definitely, definitely stuff wrong with him. I don't know if we'll ever get to the bottom of it. Uh, is that us for high points? Hi. Yep. Right, we better crack on to low points then. I'll miss out my uh, last day as a cop <laughs> thing. Andy mentioned it quickly in passing there. Prendergast's wife. <laughs> oh, fuck me. I, I thought the story was going to be that she, like, oh, she'd suffered badly after the loss of the girl and all that. And then you get to the one scene where Prendergast being like, oh, we lost the girl. She went to sleep one night and didn't wake up. And then explained what was wrong with the girl like oh she died because of this but never explained like why the wife is absolutely crazy like yeah. I, i'm assuming that's the connection but yeah she was like i don't know all sorts of mental it's, it's my low point uh, is his story like yeah like straight away i was like all right he's he's dead they've put but everything they put in just annoyed me more it's like uh and she's batshit crazy. like it literally took me out of the film anytime it switched to her and my other yeah. low point which was um, his wife and kids. It's like those scenes. I didn't give a shit. Like I didn't care about the cops going for the thirtieth time. I know they were trying to build up the whole. Okay, he's a bit of a crazy. I just wanted to see him going a complete and utter rampage. So those well, two yeah. sub, <laughs> those two sub stories just really took me out of the film. They it annoyed me. The police repeatedly leaving the house. It's yeah. like, okay, he might have phoned them at nine in the morning saying I'm coming over. You don't give up at two o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, he must not be coming then. It's like, well, I've got. A, there's a restraining order, and he says he's coming here. Like, uh, like that, that annoyed me that they left, and then he came back, and they left again. Oh, yeah. But then she was a bit of a ditz as well, because she didn't know if it was in feet or meters, and, like, she didn't really help her case, like, oh, he didn't actually hurt me, we might have, and it's just like, oh, you're, you're an idiot. You're yeah, not that, that an idiot. That was a strange scene. Yeah, I'm not sure what we're supposed to take away from the scene, where, yeah, yeah he, I stopped him. Well, it makes sense. I stopped him before he hit me. Yeah. I, I made it, sure he didn't. I felt like they were trying to just be edgy where it's like, alright, he's not actually that bad. She might be a bit mental and he's actually alright. I felt <laughs> like they were trying to balance it too much and it just it really annoyed me. Pretty much at the point where it found out we found out that he was just inviting himself over to their house where he was not welcome, and then later on, even before we find out that he's not allowed to be there, that's when I'm like, okay, you're the bad guy, you don't do this. Like, you cannot make the hero of the film just be like, I am coming over to your house because I want to. And okay, that's when I started to really sour on him. Yes, this was even after the racism, which I thought, yeah. ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the next one I've got is my complaints about, him, about the, the Whammy Burger. So who's got another I've, low point? I've got one kind of near the start, it kind of messed a little bit. <laughs> I don't know why it annoyed me so much, but when he's helping push the car, like Pendergrass. And then the guy's, the copper's bike falls over, and it's already fallen over. <laughs> and then he turns around, runs to yep. the bike, and he's like, "Oh no!" And the cop's like, "Don't touch it!" As he's reaching out and grabs it, he says, "Don't touch my bike!" I just, it's like he's like living in slow motion. Yeah, it's really annoying. It, was a, bit, it was a bit weird. I felt like it was mistimed. Like yeah. that might be the best take they had, but oh, somebody's a wee bit late on the bike. I'll be fine. Be fine. Everything else is great. <laughs> But I still feel like the the cop, the motorcycle cop guy, was a dick. Was a dick. Yep. Then he found out, oh, you're actually a policeman as well. But then he continues being a dick to him. He's <laughs> like, what's wrong with him? He tried to stop your bike from getting broken. And it's like, it felt like an overreaction to me. But yeah, he was. I think every, all the cops in this film, just apart from maybe Pendergrass a little bit, were just arseholes. 
So I, the police yeah. captain's my next one. <laughs> yeah, carry on. Yeah, <laughs> he just like he was just a prick for no other reason because, like you mentioned at the start, because he didn't swear, yeah. or he didn't he didn't want to leave the thing for getting hurt, or he was already hurt. I feel like um, at this point, my little point I've got written down is why does nobody respect Prendergast? Because he looks like he's comfortably the oldest detective, if you want to call it there. Yeah. And it seems like he was, like, I, I think he was shot and taken off, like, he's on death duty. But that seems like it was quite recent. Because uh, the, I can't remember his partner's name, uh, whatever her name is, whatever character's name is, uh, yeah. she, like, it's still quite young, so she can't be a police officer for that long. So he's been probably a year at most on the desk. And everyone seems to just really hate him and disrespect <laughs> him. In fact, he's been a detective, whatever, for years. And then at that point, I wrote that down, and immediately afterwards, two or three scenes. In fact, why is everybody in the film apart from Prendergast a complete dick? Like, <laughs> you can even throw Bill into this; he's a dick as well. It's like the other detective guy who he pushes into the cake. He was just a, a bell end the entire time for no reason. Like you, you're not in this film. Why are, one of these main character syndrome things? You don't. You're not important enough to be this much of a dick in this film. It's, oh. But you're right. Everyone just seems like an absolute arsehole throughout the entire film. Which I can add to the whole thing of the film. It's just a rant against society. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like, again, this is another thing. A random thing that annoyed me is when Bill, not Bill, so uh, Pendergrass, finally snaps at his wife. And then put, hangs up the phone and just pulls this weird, like, yeah, like sucky face thing. I was like, "What are you doing, you freak? You've just like become worse than Bill for that." Uh, I've, I've only got one more low point. So I've I got two more. Here. So one is rocket launcher slash grenade launcher. The physics on yep. that thing does not add up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a grenade, it's either going to bounce straight back up out of that hole. Or if it's a rocket, <laughs> it's blowing up straight away. It Played does not it travel. Seeking. Yeah. Played it with heat seeking. So Bullshit. I think that must be it's gonna go at a forty-five degree angle. And <laughs> not a chance. Far away. Oh, not that way. Like, not yeah, a chance in hell. Uh, but my my biggest gripe is just the pacing of this film. It's like I just want to see him being a rager all the way through. But it's like, right, he's done something, and it just goes off. And it's like, oh, I don't care now. Oh, he's gonna do something. Yeah. And every scene that he's there, it's like, oh, rager. Oh no slowed down again it just it kept it seemed it made the film a bit twice as long as it should have been i quite enjoyed prendergast piecing it together yes like i enjoyed oh right okay oh like i I liked when he would overhear a clue and be like oh that relates to this thing i've done oh here's someone else going for an interview work out why necessarily why the other detective was like uh hey martin my name is this guy needs mr lee needs to give a uh what do you call it a report uh, on what's happened in his shop and then just stands there and waits it's like could you not have done it like why did you bring him all the way over here to stand and watch him giving his statement um i didn't I realize that. there was different sections there was like robbery and there was um i don't know like drive-bys or whatever it was different areas i don't know i was not. like why could that one person go look at i'll take your statement and then i'll hand it over that's what I thought happened. That's what, that's what I thought. Uh, and I liked him finding the billboard as well. I liked those little developments. But what it yeah. does is make everybody else look really stupid. <laughs> I hate when this happens where the entire police force doesn't care, but the one smart guy, he's smart enough to work it out. And it's never, oh, you might have an idea. I will help you. It's, ah, oh, stupid old printer guy. I'm going to ignore you. Yeah. You've been working here for 40 years, but uh, you know what you're talking about. But the, the, the tipping point for me was they go, they, well, they find out, um, they go to the, the mum's house, uh, Bill's mum, they find, oh, he's married to Beth, and Beth's surname is this, like her maiden name is this. They go back to the police station to find his partner typing in like a hyphenated surname, and her going, ah, she's, she's, not on the, she's not on the system. And he's like, have you tried her maiden name on its own? Oh, oh, there she is! <laughs> it's like, how, why, I don't understand how you didn't, why wouldn't you, you know they're divorced or separated or whatever it is, like, I can't believe that, but she was just, she she was, like, I'm on his side and still didn't believe anything and never went along with him, his stupid partner did my head in, she just yeah. presented as just being an absolute idiot, and uh, that's my last little point, any others? I'm done. Uh, oh, I think I'm out as well. That's on the stats then. Stats for the film, point number four. 14 shits, one of which is on a bumper sticker of a car at the beginning. I counted that one. 
But 57 F-bombs. There's a lot of swearing in this. Like a heck of a lot of swearing. Uh, especially the the gangster gang, gang guys when they have the bat fight and all that. There's a lot of swearing around about there. Four explosions that are all the same explosion when the fires the rocket launcher down into the... The, it, the thing explodes four times that he blows up at the far end. Uh, six deaths, uh, including Bill himself. That's uh, The drive-by shoots a lot of windows, hits somebody, misses Bill hits somebody and shoots someone in the leg and then it's the guys in the car themselves that die. So I think I think it mostly killed two in the drive-by and then three of them died. So it, it wasn't a lot. Uh, no dead animals, no dead no, no dead animals, no cows, no goats at all. Didn't identify any peeing. Uh, there were no pedophiles. The devil wasn't there. Uh, KKK slash Nazis. The yep. guy. I, I, they I definitely get blended into the one now. Yeah, I think <laughs> At least one of the other shows up all the time. Uh, the film's called Falling Down. I was going. To, I counted how many times people fell down. Oh, oh that's a good one. <laughs> Six. more. Because we, we don't see the car crash, and uh, they're mainly people when the the drive-by was happening. <laughs> They'll duck down. Uh, so yeah, six people fell down. Uh, and did they say the thing? Did they say falling down? No. no. At one point he said fall down, but that's it. That was when he was in the back shop, uh, and he's like, "Give me your other hand." He's like, "I can't." Give me your other hand. Ah, I'll yeah. fall. <laughs> he goes, and I'm like, what? Oh, like, <laughs> like, it felt very close to saying this one. Uh, any stats from you, Chris? Uh, the only one, I don't know why I counted it, but the Nazi guy said, give it to me 11 times in like the space of 10 seconds when he's whispering in the back of his ear. Because he just kept going, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me, and like spitting everywhere. I thought we uh, were going down a different route with that scene, especially when he was using gay people. And I thought, ah, it's always them lot that are the ones who I hate I thought them. he was going full Pulp Fiction with that one. <laughs> I was getting ready to put it in my movies and references. <laughs> no, no, it's not Pulp Fiction. Uh, any other stats, Chris? No, just that one. Uh, most pornographic scene, Andy? Uh, the Whammy Burger restaurant. Cause <laughs> I don't know the... ask. Because <laughs> yeah, his, his burger looked a bit shit, but on the, the actual billboards and that, oh, some good burgers in there. We're yeah. advertising. Good. Okay, they're on the point five, the 10 point podcast quiz. Andy is the quiz master. Uh, why don't you tell us what it is? Right. You almost ruined the surprise because you mentioned it before. So, this is the 1993 version of The Price is Right. Okay. Fuck. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going, right. to I'm going to tell you a product, and each one of you have to tell me the price of that product. If you get the price bang on, you get double points. If not, it's the closest wins. I am pretty drunk, it, so you're going to have to work out who's over. closest. In, in traditional prices, right, you can't go over. Is that, are we... Uh, yes, let's do that. That's, that's a good rule. Let's add that right. in. So yeah, if, you you go, go if, you, if you go over, you're automatically eliminated. Right, okay. But if you get it bang on, double points, and closest gets a point. Right. So, and we'll take it in turns. So we'll go Bruce first, then Chris, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Right. So it's all from 1993, and it's the average prices that I found on the internet in UK okay, pounds and pence. I'm accepting of that. Okay. So first one for Bruce. That's like pounds, you said, yeah. Pounds and pence. The average price of a new car in 1993. Oh, I actually don't know where to start. New car. A new car. New car. Average. I'm going to go a solid £10,000. You're going 10000 Right. Chris, so, what are you going for? I would say 4995 Okay. Bruce is the closest because it was 12630 uh, So, Chris, you're next. The average price of a pint of milk. Um, I'll, go, I'll go an even pound. You're going for an even oh. pound. Bruce. Right. Uh, uh, two pence. You went for two pence. Uh, Bruce is technically the closest. It was 35 pence. I knew Chris had gone way over. <laughs> <laughs> right, Bruce, you're next. The average price of a white loaf of bread. White, that, specifically a white. Average price. Okay. 40 pence. You're going 40 pence. Chris, what are you going for? I'll go 35. You're going for 35. Bruce gets it again. It was 55 pence. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> right, Chris, you're next. The average price of a pint of lager. Oh. Uh, 
I'll go two pound. You're going two pound, Bruce. Two pound. I, I think that's I think that's high. I'll go one fifty. Oh, so close! It was one pound fifty-three. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell! Bruce has got all these right so far. Right, Bruce, you're next. <laughs> the the average price of a pack of twenty king size cigarettes. I've never smoked a day in my life. Twenty cigarettes. Uh, two forty. You're going for two forty, Chris. I was going to say two ninety nine. You're both eliminated because it was two twenty five. Oh, quite close. Right, uh, <laughs> Chris. Chris, here's one. The average price of a can of Coke. Thirty pence. Yeah. You're going for 30 pence, Bruce. Ah, right. How do I, believe? I think that's <laughs> roughly going to be right. 1993. Let's, oh, right. 30, oh, this is tough. 31 pence. <laughs> you're going for 31 pence. You're playing the dick move. It paid off. It was 35 <laughs> pence. You got points. Yeah. yeah. Right, Bruce, the average price of a Mars bar. Mars bar. There is no way for Chris to win, by the way, so we're just going to play for keeps now. <laughs> yeah. 25p for a Mars bar. You're going 25p, Chris? Oh, I was going to say 15 pence. Why would you just go one pence higher? Because it was actually uh, 30 pence, so Bruce gets another point. Yeah. Right, Chris. Right, well, mine's three, not working. Right there, there's three more to get a point, Chris. We just need one point out of these three. The average house price in the, U- the UK... Um, I'm going to say 50,000. You're going 50,000. Bruce? Yep. Uh, uh, let's keep it light. Let's, let's try and nail it. I think 50,000 is going to be a bit low, so I'm going to go 62,000. Oh, Chris actually gets a point. It was 51,210 pence. I don't know why. I'd seen something on TV the other day about house prices <laughs> and how they have escalated. Right. Yeah, I think it was that much. <laughs> right, two more, so let's see if Chris can actually get three in a row. Right, Bruce, you're going first. The average price of a mid-ranged desktop computer. Oh, what, that's a tough one. Because you find things like technology is usually about the same price throughout the generations, even though it's much crapper in the past. Uh, well, on that theory, I'm going to guess... Three hundred and twenty-nine ninety-nine. <laughs> right, three hundred twenty-nine ninety-nine. Chris, I was gonna say like four hundred fifty pound. Chris is technically closest. It was one thousand two hundred pound. <laughs> it was one of them ones bad. where technology was ridiculously high. Yeah. Right, Chris, go for uh, three in a row. You still can't win, but Chris, what was the average price of a Nokia ten eleven in nineteen ninety-three? I didn't know they existed. A ten eleven. I was going to say there was no price because it didn't exist. No, they do exist. I need a price, Chris. Uh, I'll go uh, know, £200. £200. Bruce? Is that a good guess? I don't know. Uh, £275. <laughs> Bruce, technically closest. It was £821. <laughs> so there you go that was the prices right Bruce absolutely dominated and he knows his 1993 yeah. prices I was way better at the grocery shopping than I was the other stuff there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. stuff that I would buy when I was 8 I need to know those, <laughs> those prices better. thank you Andy another good quiz you are definitely also, the quiz master that was the hardest thing I've ever had to google in my life because as you found out <laughs> prices are all over the shop Oh, anytime I typed it in it was like this is what the inflation rate was. No, no, no. I want you to work it out for me. I don't want you <laughs> yes. to work it out for myself. So, yeah. Impossible. Right. We better crack on. We've spent a lot of time so far. On to point six. Movies within movies. I missed out a few of my parodies and references this time, but the ones that stood out. Lethal Weapon, because it's his last day on the job, and <laughs> no one could say that was a Lethal Weapon. He mentions Apollo 13, but the movie hadn't existed yet. It's the actual Apollo 13, <laughs> going behind the moon and all that. Uh, Breaking of the Snow Globe in the back shop. Uh, very Citizen Kane. Death Wish, man goes on a rampage to get revenge on the, the planet, essentially. Uh, his glasses breaking in the way it did, apparently, is the same way as the glasses. I think it's Dustin Hoffman's glasses in Straw Dogs, another kind of controversial film from before this one. His glasses break in a similar fashion. And another film that was referenced was Under Construction. That was the fake film that Michael Douglas made up in the <laughs> film uh, when he was shooting the bazooka. And what's never not good, this one I struggled with, because I had at one point 
uh, just a maniac on a rampage. But uh, it, sometimes it doesn't work. So I've gone for your two main stars only share one scene, as in the whole film is then coming together at the end. That's usually pretty good. Uh, so I, I, I like that as my never not good. Chris, how about you for movies other movies? Uh, I gave up halfway through doing this, so there's probably loads of them. But <laughs> so, I, I'd no, I've got no memory of this. But Michael Douglas was in Haywire. He was. He was like the boss in Haywire. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember that at all. Um, <laughs> again, oh, no, I knew this one. Robert Duvall was in Gone in 60 Seconds. It was Otto who ran the, the shop. Yeah, I knew that one. Because um, it happened this season. Rachel Ticotin? Ticotin, I think it is. Ticotin. Uh, was second only uh, film recall. <laughs> yeah. Her other acting credit, <laughs> <laughs> um, This is when I went down a rabbit hole. Uh, Michael Paul Chan, who was the Korean shop owner, was Data's dad in The Goodies. Yes. Mr. Lee was Data's dad from The Goodies, yes, very good. Uh, and this is another one, I kind of gave up after this one. Uh, John Fleck was a doctor in Waterworld, and he was Pimples in arguably the greatest movie ever made, Howard the Duck. Who was Pimples? I don't remember. I've got no idea. <laughs> uh, John, he played the guy in the park in this one, by the way, the guy, the homeless oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. I think it's this steady guy, so I'm assuming it's the, the guy in the park. But yeah, I've had it twice before. You have missed out a bunch, though, Chris, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I then go through everybody because I could be one. Uh, I'm going to show some good ones as well. So one of the golfers, I don't know which one, he played a judge in Office Space. So I think it's in like a Peter's kind of dream he had, I think, in Office Space. There's a judge in it. Uh, so one of the golfers, I don't know if it was the angry one or the other one. Uh, you barely see him, but the paramedic at the end who wheels away uh, the partner... Uh, was played by Wayne Duval. He was Homer Stokes in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, the guy who turned out to be a clan guy, the guy who was running for election, who turned out to be in the clan. Huh. He played a paramedic in this. Uh, where else did we get to? Uh, Dean Hallow, he plays one of the officers that shows up at Beth's house to help her out and then leaves early. He was one of the two evil ranch hands in City Slickers. <laughs> uh, uh, but my favourite one. This is a 10-point podcast deep dive, this one. This is a belter. So, Steve Park plays Detective Brian. Uh, the, was he claimed to be Japanese, not Korean, the, the oh, policeman yeah. who brought in. Yeah. He was in Fargo. He was Mike Yanagita, Margie's date that she goes on that goes horrifically bad. I don't even remember that, but I, like, I did not connect those two people whatsoever. Him being a policeman in this, and then four years later being Oh, Mikey. shit, so it is. <laughs> this has got to be my favourite segment in the 10 Point Podcast. It's just these deep dives. They're brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I, some... I'll go through like all like the list of like, there's, like 20 people, and I'll, sometimes I'll go to the bottom and go through the uncredited ones, and it's the people in the middle I don't get to. <laughs> and that's where some of the, the absolute the, the little gems are. But yeah, we're getting to about 10 every film at this rate, though. We need to move yeah. out of the 90s, stay at the 90s for a bit, I think. Um, but you still got some good ones in there, Chris. You, you got more than half of them, I think. Yeah. Uh, did you recast us into the film? Yeah. Right. I was going to say Andy is 100% Bill, but after the issues I've had tonight, I am at that tipping point of snapping. So I am now Bill. <laughs> um, I think Bruce is uh, Prendergast. And I was going to put myself as the Whammy manager, so now Andy is the Whammy manager. <laughs> okay. uh, I went down the, 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 the straight ahead route of Andy being Bill while I was Prendergast. Yeah. So I put you as the captain, Chris. I don't know why, but I thought, yeah, you could be the captain. I, can oh, imagine fuck, you... I forgot about him. I I think Andy could be the captain now. <laughs> okay, Andy could be the captain. I, I suppose that would kind of work, yeah. Uh, Andy, have you done any recasting? Uh, not really. Um, I'm going to recast the entire Whammy burger and put McDill's in it from um, <laughs> Coming to America. <laughs> Because I think it would just make that scene a bit more fun because it would be something I know and recognise. <laughs> uh, very good. On a point seven. A point seven, I think, is still Chris's Would You Rather. I can't have a couple go here, but I've settled on. Would you rather all fast food places only serve breakfast or every single burger you get is flattened? <laughs> oh, I get that. I'm already living with that. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like breakfast, so I'm going to go for the breakfast option. I'll do like a breakfast. I think I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I more often, say McDonald's, I am more, would want breakfast later than I want yeah. to have. Like a, like I'd be like, oh, if they sold McMuffins till four o'clock in the afternoon, I would be fine having one. So I could probably live with that. So I, I, yeah, I, I guess that. Yeah, I'd go for breakfast as well. So I, I would go for, because I only go to like Burger King, so I don't like McDonald's that much. But they're like XL triple 
cheeseburger is thick as fuck anyway, so that's flattened. It's just like a normal burger. <laughs> so like <laughs> you're literally giving that. so much free advertisement away here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you were disguising it at first, but yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay I then. Some free uh, burgers, so I'm saying Burger King all right. <laughs> we better with the nominations for the Pointy Awards. Um, I've got a few. Does anyone want to lead? Anyone want to go? I've last? got a couple that you could fill around. Worst Actress Award. The person that had the giggles at the Whammy Burger. <laughs> no, I, know, like... I quite enjoyed that. I thought it was quite no, like she, it well, she took yeah. me out of the scene. Absolutely <laughs> took me out of it. Um, worst. I don't know what category of this. And physics I'm Award. Even... I'm putting physics in here. Right. <laughs> Worst physics, a rocket launcher getting fired at a forty-five degree <laughs> angle and just working doesn't doesn't make sense. Yeah. And that's pretty much where I've got because you guys are just going to mop up everything else. Right, on you go, Chris. Right. Well, just uh, I've gone for best actor as uh, Michael Douglas. Has to be. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah. Like I, I don't even mention that enough. He is really good. It's, it's yeah. A, yeah. He, he always plays as someone who's a bit crazy in things. Like Fatal Attraction, he's never like a, a kind of blue-eyed hero. And Basic Instinct, he's a bit weird and all that. So he, he him actually play this sort of really dark. I think I read that he likes this role the most. Obviously, he made the film because he found it. But yeah, I have to agree. He's very good in this, Michael Douglas. And also, he can't pass for a 38-year-old. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's, he's, he plays 10 years younger and it does not look like he's 10 years younger. Uh, I've got for worst father figure is Bill. Yep. Um, worst cops is everyone that wouldn't listen to uh, Pendergrass. I keep calling him Pendergrass, but it's Prendergrass. It's Prendergrass, yeah. I've got yeah. Sandra. That, that was his partner's name. I've got her specifically because of how stupid she was. Uh, yes. I've got her. But yeah, all the other cops are just a pain in the arse, really. Um, I've gone for best death. It wasn't actually the best death, but it was the most deserving. The Nazi. <laughs> ah, yeah. Was I went best death? I went for Bill. I just thought it was yeah. a, a, a movie death. I thought. Oh, okay. Uh, I suppose the dry backfiring might be a good <laughs> death. We didn't actually see it really. We just kind of saw that they had died. But yeah, uh, I went for Bill. On you go, Chris. Sorry. Uh, that's about as far as I got. Cool. Uh, I've gone for best costume. I've gone for him in his shirt and tie. I think it's. it's oh, I was like... going to wear one tonight, but oh yeah, <laughs> it didn't work out. Uh, it didn't work out. You could get the computer working. Can't even Never see mind. it. <laughs> I mean, as all we know, you could be dressed up in a you shirt know what? and tie. Surprisingly, we're all wearing black t-shirts. <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, what else have I got? Best hair. I've gone for him. I got a nominated doll's hair. It's a severe it haircut. Good. I quite liked it. Uh, best cop. I've gone for Prendergast. I don't know if you mentioned he was the best oh, cop. Oh yeah. Because uh, he worked it all out from the clues that was kind of how it's usually done. Uh, and I don't imagine the way worse. You've mentioned all the worst ones. So my new award, um, stupidest character, I've gone for Sandra. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of films we do have stupid, not stupid yeah. people, not stupid actors, stupid characters. So like, she was portrayed as being especially stupid. Best inanimate object. I am so happy we made as far as mentioning it. Uh, in 1992, when they were filming this film, a certain cultural phenomenon was happening in real life. Not the LA riots, but Baby Got Back was being released, the famous Sir Mix-a-Lot song. To publicise his song coming out, he sent a giant inflatable butt around various parts of the country as a promotional thing. What? And it's in this film. The what? scene where he shoots the phone booth with like his Uzi so the guy can't use a phone call, in the background is a gigantic <laughs> inflatable arse with Sir Mix-a-Lot baby got back written on it in the background. Uh, I'll see if I can find a photo of it and send it to you uh, <laughs> after we're finished. But yeah, that's my best inanimate object is the giant Sir Mix-a-Lot arse that was in the background oh, of one scene. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> and then my best bail end, I've gone for Bill as a bail end. He's very good yeah. at being villain and we find he, he's very good at being a bad guy because he has to do bad things oh, I feel like the Nazi is the best villain oh good shout yeah he's definitely the bad because <laughs> Bill's not because he always went for people that were pissing him off but the Nazi was just a, a prick full stop so right I don't know move on my battery's about to die in my laptop because we took so long right. <laughs> <laughs> so the story my moral of the story is everyone has bad days is my moral of the story what about you Chris uh, when the shit hits a fan, ditch the missus. Because <laughs> that old man, as soon as that guy pulled the gun, he was out of that shop leaving his wife. Uh, are um, you Andy? Just don't be a dick. A dick? <laughs> Good one, it's a classic. Uh, in relation to Prendergast's wife, we could have bitches be crazy again. I know, uh, every time. Every time. Every, every episode. Uh, that's cinema and women, never mind cinema and race. Uh, ten <laughs> point on the 10 point podcast is the 10 point rating. Who we rate the movie out of 10? Andy, alphabetical order, you first. 
Uh, it's a film I wanted, like, when I started watching, I was like, I'm loving this. But then it really ground to a halt, which annoyed me more than the actual killing and stuff like that. I wanted more of that shit. Uh, so I'm going to say it's kind of bang average, so I'm going to give it a five. Five from Andy. I can't, I'm not too different from that. I feel like I want to yeah. like something more than I do. 100%, yeah. I personally think it gets better. Like, I was, the last half hour, I'm like, I want the good guy to get the bad guy. I'm glad he's working it out. I want to find out what's happening. I don't know what's going to happen. The tension's building and all that. But I landed about a six as well. I think it's in the middle. On another rewatch, I might like it better, but eh, six is fine. What about you, Chris? Uh, I'm pretty much the same. As if you take out the whole Pendergrass uh, wife, you take out um, some of the the other scenes that don't involve Bill, it would have been a lot higher. But um, I, it's just a five for me. They just slow the, the film down for me. That's quite simply a five overall then. A uh, five out of ten for falling down. I've also just remembered, I'm not sure the whole why his story was there, Pendergast. And why I was moving to this place that had London Bridge, other than just so they could have London Bridges falling down, playing at the yeah. end. Oh, my God. Because London Bridge yeah. also falling down. I don't, I, I don't know if that was so on the nose or not. I've got a few percent of my battery left. <laughs> the, the random wheel of randomness has picked misery and falling down. Is Psychopaths the theme that the wheel Definitely nutters. Nutters so far. Uh, they're the two so on to next time next time on the podcast is Andy's pick Andy what have you got for us next time right I was going to go for something a bit quirky a bit different something completely out of my range however the last two films three films have been a bit slower so I've decided to go back to the safety zone of 1995 because <laughs> <laughs> my last the pick I was going to do is going to be right up into like brand new film however I've decided it needs to be a bit light-hearted. The world's a bit shit at the moment. So, 1995. It's a film that you guys are going to absolutely love. It's the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. Oh, okay. that was one of the picks. I was going to do that. Fuck. <laughs> I wanted to watch this since I was like 10 years old. I'm, so, I'm it's going to be a bit of fun. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there we go, then. Uh, one week's time. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, you all have that much time to find it and give it a watch, and we'll see you next time on the Ten Point Podcast. Mm-hmm.